You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Last week, we spoke with Bridge Magazine reporter Chastity Pratt-Dossey about the link between the Flint water crisis and a significant uptick in cases of Legionnaire's disease, some of them fatal. Bridge also reported that since the water issues in Flint began, there has been an simultaneous increase in cases of pneumonia in general, many of which weren't tested for whether they were related to Legionnaires. Here to provide the state's perspective on the health implications of the water crisis in Flint is Dr. Eden Wells, Chief Medical Executive at the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Dr. Wells, thank you for being here on Detroit Today. Well, thank you for having me, Stephen. Absolutely. Uh, so in our conversation last week, uh, Chastity Pratt-Dossey was talking about how the numbers of uh, diagnosed Legionnaires cases may be an understatement of the extent of that problem because uh, there were many cases of people who got pneumonia, which is uh, like a Legionnaires disease and one of the symptoms of Legionnaires disease, and they were not tested for that. And so the, the, there is a possible wider swath of people who were affected this way by the Flint water crisis. Um, first, let me give you a chance to address uh, that, that, that possibility and talk about what the state is thinking uh, about that, that, uh, sure. that issue. Go ahead. No, I, I appreciate that. So I think the first thing that I would like to state that pneumonia or just the pneumonia term itself actually means that it's an infection of the lung. And so that can be caused by hundreds, if not thousands, of different viruses and bacteria, et cetera. So not all pneumonias are reportable to the Centers for Disease Control or to state health departments. Of course, the important ones, like Legionella or tuberculosis, are. So I just wanted to make that point. Now, we did, because of the concern over the increase in Legionella, um, uh, you know, this outbreak that occurred uh, in 2014 and 15, and the concern that there may have been uh, cases that are missed. There was a number of um, epidemiologic studies or just an analytic studies that were done to look to see what was going on uh, with these cases. So we will note, number one, while there was an increase in pneumonia deaths in Genesee County in 2014 and 15, it is also seen, we also saw this increase in several other counties across the state during the uh, 2014 year. There was a decrease in 2015 for, for pneumonia deaths in general uh, across the state, however. And then what was another interesting aspect, and because we were very interested in were the pneumonia deaths related to people who lived on Flint water or not, because that's always been an issue about did Legionella itself come from association with Flint water or not. And what we noticed is that the increase in pneumonia deaths, and this takes quite a bit of analysis by looking at death certificates and doing a lot of research, but the increase in the pneumonia deaths that occurred in Genesee County in 2014 and 15 actually was driven by people who lived outside of Flint. Uh, these, in other words, their home addresses were not serviced by the Flint municipal water system. Um, so, so, so yeah, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is that there was no Legionnaires. Oh, no. We uh, had outbreak. a Legionnaires outbreak. Yes. There's no doubt about that. Okay. I think that there was, uh, you know, it can be very confusing because pneumonia can be caused by so many organisms. And the question, I think Chastity raised a good question, is, is 
could there have been Legionella cases that were not diagnosed, and right. somebody may have had pneumonia, but that wasn't diagnosed? Well, that certainly could happen that a couple cases may have been missed. And we know that in general across the country, because Legionnaires is somewhat difficult to diagnose, it's hard to grow in a laboratory, it's hard to identify, that uh, if it's not looked for, it could be missed. But this, pro- this problem is likely a lot smaller than perhaps what was represented. I can tell you that there was a study done in partnership with the uh, all the three healthcare facilities in Genesee County, and uh, uh, just this last year, and it was in partnership with the Genesee County Health Department uh, and our uh, state laboratories. And we actually asked the hospitals to send us every single case of pneumonia, no matter what screening test showed, whether it was Legionella or not. Send us every case of pneumonia, and. Um, that was done from March through August of last year. Uh-huh. And, you know, we did not find one case of Legionella in that testing. So that tells us that even if you um, grab every pneumonia case uh, and you can do urinary screening for Legionella, there's a special test for that, even when we did that, we did not miss any Legionella cases by looking at every pneumonia. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Dr. Eden Wells, Chief Medical Executive at the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. We are talking about uh, the Flint water crisis and uh, the various health implications uh, that may be connected to that water crisis, Legionnaire's disease, uh, pneumonia, uh, some of these other things that have cropped up in Flint and Genesee County. Are they related to uh, the lead-tainted water problem. Uh, Dr. Wells, I want to also give you a chance to talk about some of the things that the state is now trying to do. Uh, And I want to preface that with uh, an observation about this narrative. Uh, There there seems to be, uh, in some ways, a a pushback against the idea that the health, health consequences of the Flint water crisis are as widespread as some people believe them to be uh, by the state. Uh, I I want you to address that. Talk about uh, what the state has said. Is the state arguing that this was not as detrimental as people sometimes believe it was, that that it was not as widespread as some people are saying it was? Uh, And then talk about what the state is now doing uh, to to try to get things back under control. Well, yeah, I'm not sure where the impression came. I I feel, um, and I'm sure I speak for um, the the department and certainly the director who I serve, um, this has been an inordinate um, public health crisis for the the citizens of Flint and anybody who had been served by the the Flint water. Mm -hmm. Um, We cannot uh, minimize the impact that this has had on not just children, but everyone. Uh, within the city. So I, whoever, wherever that impression has been, I'd be the first one up there to say that we know, and, and I'm in the city uh, a number of times per week and often in the evenings, um, we know that this has had a serious health uh, you know, impact, if anything, uh, for the levels of the stress and the, um, uh, just the, the, the fear and the anxiety and everything that's come from this. I will say several things. One, mm-hmm. we and the Centers for Disease Control statistically can show that there was an increase in elevated blood lead in children under the age of six during the time that the Flint water switch uh, occurred starting in uh, mid-April 2014. We also can 
uh, definitely confirmed that there was a Legionella outbreak associated within the same time period that the water uh, had switched beginning uh, in spring of 2014. These are real issues and may not and cannot, should not ever be denied. Further, I think that it's important to understand that as many, we've done a number of surveys in partnership with the community in Flint and our Centers for Disease Control and the local health department to understand that the the, the very stress, the level of uh, anger, concern, anxiety, uh, confusion yeah. um, has probably been just as significant as any other natural disaster public health crisis we have had in the last few decades. I mean, I'm thinking of the major issues we've dealt with. Uh, you know, if you think about uh, major hurricanes, mm-hmm. um, major oil spills, et cetera. So I, I would never say that uh, if anybody's attempting to minimize this, it's certainly not uh, coming from us in the sense that we have brought every force to bear um, really to, to help support uh, the city and uh, the, the local uh, public health and health infrastructure in response, yeah. including the educational and nutritional resources that are so important to mitigate any of the potential um, impacts of lead exposure in uh, um, our, our children or even our senior citizens within Flint. Yeah, I mean, so that's one yeah. of the important, uh, what's one of the important dynamics here is that um, uh, exposure to lead-tainted water is is horrible, of course, and and mm-hmm. uh, it, it does cause uh, damage, especially to children. But there are things that you can do to mitigate that that exposure yes. and to mitigate that damage. And the important thing now is to focus on making sure that people know what those things are to do and that they do them. You know, and that's absolutely correct. And I think so much of this is. Uh, and, and I've watched this evolve over the last year of coming together and everybody working together for that common purpose of ensuring, you know, individual and public health. And there are things, positive things that can be done, whether it be across nutrition or enhanced child care support, educational support, um, health care access all of these incredible things that are going on actually that are unprecedented, especially with the fact that, you know, the Medicaid is expanded to all, all children up to the age of, of 21, uh, pregnant women, all of these things have gone on to, uh, and these aren't just one-offs. This has to go on starting, you know, the last year when they began, and it needs to go on for a long period of time. Nobody's going to uh, be turning away and saying, you know, turning off the switch because this is really a need to rebuild um, the health and the prosperity for the citizens of Flint because uh, they they really uh, have been impacted. And uh, we will be monitoring health outcomes uh, in partnership with uh, Michigan State University and Dr. Mona Hanna-Atisha. We'll be monitoring health outcomes mm-hmm. for uh, years to come, if not decades. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk uh, quickly. We've got uh, just a couple minutes left uh, before I have to get to the next segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk quickly about uh, the, the the efforts to to move forward from here on the uh, from the health sure. department. Yeah. The one uh, a number of We've issues. Actually, only got about thirty seconds. Thirty so. <laughs> seconds is uh, right now. Is that folks know that the ongoing support for nutrition, education, healthcare access will will stay in place. But the other is that there will be the development of a registry, a Flint um, uh, Citizens Registry, owned by the community, run by Michigan State University and the Greater Flint Health Coalition, to monitor health outcomes and to link access to resources needed uh, for years to come. And, and we're very excited and want to thank the federal government 
department for assisting with funding of this initiative. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dr. Eden Wells, Chief Medical Executive, Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen, very much. Absolutely. All right, up next, how might the Women's March evolve into political action? It might begin with something like postcards and pints. We'll hear what that is next. Thank you.